National Headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the southern suburbs of Nashville, actually, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart, this is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith, and I'm delighted to welcome you today. What a joy it is for us to have the privilege to be here on this station five days a week, and I trust that you'll join us as often as you possibly can. We try to do something every single day that'll be a help to you. If you're not a Christian, we'd love to introduce you to the Savior. And uh, I know many radio listeners are Christians already. And so we try to do some things that will feed you, that'll help you, that'll strengthen you, help your family, help you to do better with your business, all kinds of things. And just digging out of the Word of God the things that we have there that are so good, good for us. Now, this week we've been looking at a profile of the prodigal, talking about that prodigal son in Luke 15. And we're going to look today at the subject of his home away from home. Already we've looked at his rebellious self on Monday. Tuesday, we talked about his loving father. And then yesterday, we looked at his journey downward. And today, his home away from home. And we'll be right there to it in just a moment. But I do need to remind you that Monday, this next Monday, July 17, we get the National Sword of the Lord Conference underway, meeting in that great facility at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina, there in the suburbs of Winston-Salem, and we look forward to having many, many of you there with us. I'm telling you, it's a great event starting Monday night, all day Tuesday, all day Wednesday, all day Thursday, and it is something extra special. The preaching, the music, the workshops, and every seat is a free seat. We look forward to having you there. Bring your family, your entire family. Bring everybody, I mean your church family. We just will be delighted. Every seat is a free seat. Everybody's a walk-in. Check the Sword of the Lord website if you need more details. So we'll see you Monday. Looking forward to that at the National Sword of the Lord Conference. Now, today we're looking at this general subject of the profile of a prodigal found in Luke 15. And uh, we're going to talk about his home away from home. And I begin reading today in verse number 13. Not many days after, that is after he got his hands on the money, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he, that is the man in that country, sent him, the prodigal, into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. Now, you know, you got to think about the home that he left, just as a point of beginning here. I mean, to think about the fact that uh, the father had all kinds of resources. He had grown up well-fed, well-nurtured, well-taken care of, all the comforts that you might ever want, and yet he decided, he just deliberately chose to let his rebellion dictate policy to him, and he wound up leaving home and getting down here into this country that's called the far country in this passage, it's a land where he had never been. He had no idea what it was about. He was headed down a road to nowhere, in effect, because after all, he had no knowledge of where he was going or what he was about to do. And uh, really, he did pretty well, apparently, at the outset. As long as the money lasted, he had accommodations. 
Now, I don't know what kind of hotels they had in the far country, but I can tell you when you are a guest looking for guest lodging, whether it be in the 21st century, the 1st century, or sometime even further back, hotels, however you describe them, cost money, and they're going to cost more than a mortgage. You can buy a house, pay for it with uh, less money than what you would spend in a month staying in even a cheap hotel. And so he's put himself in a position where he's got to uh, take his money, rent a hotel night after night, and really it's another situation of waste, but he's enjoying it because he feels like a VIP. Man, I'm staying in a hotel every night, and uh, I'm guessing from what I read here that this guy was partying every night and probably sleeping all day. I hear that there are people who live like that, and as long as they have money, well, guess what? They manage to get right along and have all the party they want, and then they'll go sleep when they can. Well, when the money ran out, he was out on the street. He could not buy a hotel. He could not find himself any place to stay. So he was penniless, and he was homeless all at the same time. And I'll tell you, neither one of those things sound like fun to me. Whenever you're without a nickel to your name, and if you have no place to stay, there's no fun in that. But here's the deal with him. It's like with a lot of us. He was a victim of his own circumstances. He was a victim of his own choices. Now, I'll just uh, say by way of testimony, I personally know, having my acquaintance, some people who are homeless. Some of them I've known 20 years or more. I've tried to encourage them tried to encourage them to get a job. I've tried to encourage them to do some other things that uh, were pretty obvious that they could do. And I'm talking about people that are able-bodied, and uh, yet uh, they're still homeless. They put up reasons or excuses, and they will not do anything else. And you say, well, why are they there? Why are they where they are? Well, the ones that I'm aware of, they have dug a hole for themselves, and they have no plans to get out of it. Some of them seem to really kind of thrive on the fact that they're out on their own doing what they want to do. And, uh, of course, uh, most of them, in fact, I think all the ones that I know, they're drawing government checks, and uh, that enables them to stay in this situation that they're in. Now, uh, listen, folks, when you turn on your own family, you're creating a situation to make yourself a victim. When you turn on your own family, you're digging a hole. Whenever you leave your means of support, as this man did, I mean, he was working for his father, working in the family farm there, and yet he chose to walk away from that, give me what I got coming to me, and he's going to walk away. But when you leave your means of support, I mean, you may have some money in your hand at the moment, but uh, if you're going to spend it and it's going down and down and down and down and the bank accounts are getting smaller and smaller and you're not adding to it, I mean, you're going to find yourself in some jeopardy and probably pretty soon. Uh, sometimes people just refuse to work. It's like it's been handed to them up to now and uh, they don't want to do anything uh, really to help themselves. And that, again, is an invitation to trouble. So this guy is a great illustration of what happens whenever you just make a series of bad decisions and his money ran out. So here he is out on the street, penniless and homeless. Now, circumstances over which you have no control can sometimes pile up on top of the mess you've already made for yourselves. And here's a case in point with the prodigal. The Bible says in verse 14 that a mighty famine developed in that land. 
Now, that just means there's supply shortages. That means crops are not doing well. It may mean there was no rain and they couldn't raise things like they ordinarily would. I mean, uh, whatever the situation, they've got a famine going on and there's no food to be had. And they are in a jeopardous situation. And uh, the famine was something the prodigal had no control over. He had no idea there was going to be a famine. I mean, who knows that these kinds of things, I mean, it's like if you have an earthquake or if you have a tornado or if you have a major automobile accident or those kinds of things, you say, it wasn't my fault. It wasn't something I did. No, but when you've made bad decision on top of bad decision, and then you're already in a circumstance of difficulty and uh, something like that comes down the pike, it just gets even worse. So what happened? Well, his far country dream became a nightmare. Uh, Verse uh, 14 says that he began to be in want. That man was hungry. He was thirsty. He could not get a bath. I mean, everything was going against him. His dream literally became a nightmare. Now, bad decisions plus the circumstances so often lead to compromise. And that's exactly what happened here. Verse 15, he went out and joined himself to a citizen of that country. Now, remember, this young man's a Jew. He is a Jew. And he, by his rearing as a Jew, is not going to be in the pork business. I mean, they do not eat pork. They do not raise pork. They just do not do it. And yet here he is in a situation with all of his training, all of his background, all of his uh, heritage that he had as a Jew, he is thrust into a situation where that he is having to do something just to get a little bite to eat here once in a while. I mean, this living in the pigsty, eating in the pigsty, eating with the pigs. I mean, you talk about the ultimate disgrace. He has found it, and he's found it big time. He has made trouble for himself that he cannot extricate himself from. I mean, he is in a mess. Now, let me just pause and say, this guy is not the only person on the planet who's ever done something like this. I mean, his home away from home, there in the far country, in the pigsty, It was nothing to write home about. I mean, you talk about home that you don't want anybody to see. This home was nothing to write home about. So here he is. He's penniless. He's homeless. And he's friendless. But he's certainly not painless. He has a handful of pain. And it is growing by the day. And so we see him in this dilemma, in this circumstance, in this difficulty. He has made a nest for himself, and it is an ugly mess that he has brought onto himself. Now, we're going to learn when we get to this tomorrow, because tomorrow we're going to talk about his blessed revival. We're going to see what happened to him as he began to make the right choices. And I just say to you here, and I'll probably repeat this tomorrow, Sometimes when you've made a series of bad choices, you have to acknowledge that and then begin to make a series of right choices. And by the grace of God, when we do wrong, there's always an out. There's always hope. There's always grace. There's always in God's economy a way for us to get where we need to be. And the Lord makes that provision, not just for the prodigal here, but he makes it for all of us. In fact, that's the reason this is in the Bible. So that you know and I know, no matter what kind of mess we've made, no matter how difficult the day, no matter how many times we have fouled things up, we have a way out. And he is going to demonstrate that. And we'll look at that in some detail tomorrow. But I just want you to see today that the home that he made for himself, after all of these bad decisions, I mean, things do pile up and it gets to be 
an even bigger mess with each passing day. I'm probably talking to somebody. I mean, here we are on all of these radio stations and on here five days a week. I'm sure, if not today, somewhere along the way this week, I'll be talking to one or more people. You have done all kinds of things that are wrong decisions, and you're wondering how in the world you would ever get out of it. You wonder how you would ever get past the days of these bad decisions. Well, I'm going to tell you where the answer is. The answer is found in the Word of God, in the Bible, and the answer is the Lord Himself. You cannot, you cannot get out of a hole that is so deep. I mean, you can never extricate yourself. You cannot pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and just say, well, I can make it, I can make it, I can do it. Well, listen, I like folks that have an I can attitude. Uh, Whenever you say I can't, I can't, you probably can't. But I like the fact when people get on the boat and they start saying, listen, there is something I can do. I like that. That's a good attitude. It's the right attitude to have. But listen, there are some things that's bigger and greater than me or you, and these bad decisions will help us to dig a hole that we cannot get out of without the Lord's help. And that's why every single day I want you to see, and I hope to make a difference, as the name of our program suggests, that you would literally know the Lord does make a difference, and He will for you as well. God is good, He's gracious, and He wants to gift you with the salvation that His Son provides because of His death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. If I can help you with that, I would be pleased to do so. And if you have questions or concerns about any of the things that you hear here on the broadcast or things maybe that uh, you have just burdening you, I'm delighted to hear from you. I'll be glad to help any way that I can. So I'd love to hear from you. Write me a note. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. I'm telling you, it's a joy to be with you today, and I trust that you'll join me again tomorrow. We're going to have a good time as we talk about the profiling of the prodigal, and it will be about his blessed revival. So let's plan to get together tomorrow. Until then, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day and goodbye for now.